It's really cold in here. Uh, okay. <laughs> in this episode of The Full Nerd, Core i9-9900KS Special Edition and GeForce GTX 1660 Super. Reviews. Welcome to the Full Nerd episode 113. I think I got that right. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hey, Internet. Eleni, you to my left. It's very cold in here. And Adam Patrick Murray is back there controlling your vertical and horizontal with a special guest. Yeah, I'm a special guest. Uh, we got we got Willis here. Uh, he is uh, helping out uh, in, with the video team uh, while Dan is is gone, or not while since Dan is gone. Uh, Willis has been uh, helping me out the past couple weeks. Uh, I, I do have a bone to pick with you live on air, Willis. Uh, you exported uh, the the gameplay <laughs> video last week at 30 frames a second. Instead of sixty frames a second. Oh, under the bus! Just under the bus. How could you do that? You know how many comments we got on that video of people saying PC World has no idea what they're doing because we, we did why that. Three. we got three. actually we yeah we did we people Willis man you, I'm so angry but you can't see more than thirty frames a second with the human eye though so uh, no but they, they were like why does this look like a console game and I was like wait this is weird I captured it at sixty and then I was like what else on my console oh oh yeah. Watch out, Willis. Willis is a console guy here. Uh, that's why he doesn't have a mic. Well, so Willis, to be fair, it looked like a smooth 30. It, you know what? It was a very smooth 30, and then the frame counter said 60, but then in YouTube it said 30. Anyway, Willis, oh, really? never oh. do that again. Oh. That's it. How could you? Frame counter said 60, but yeah. the video looked like and the, Yeah, people were like, what the hell? This does not look 30. like 60 frames. I was like, oh boy. More cinematic. Anyway, I got to say, say real quick, I've been playing the new Call of Duty because it is like a warm blanket to play Call of Duty every year. And luckily, this one this year is pretty damn good. Anybody else playing it? No, I, I should give it a spin. You should give it a spin, and also it has all them rays that are traced. Oh. Just kidding. No, I'm, it's I'm just shadows. It's it. just sha- it's certain shadows. Wait. Even more than the ray tracing, it has crossplay now. So, like, all my friends tend to be playing on Xbox or PlayStation. So now I can play. With I will tell you what, this has been the best cross. Are they really allowing that again? <laughs> no, 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 Gordon, Gordon. <laughs> this has actually been the best implementation of crossplay that I've experienced because not only. So, you actually pick, like, it locks you in once you in sees. Like, on most PC games, if it sees you're using a controller, it'll automatically change the button prompts and be like, oh, well, you're using a controller, so we're going to change you know the interface uh and so once it locks into that and you launch into matchmaking it locks you in that so and then when you match with other people not only does it show if you're using a mouse or keyboard or controller it also shows the network you're coming from uh and it'll lock you in with with uh uh controller people and i even during the middle of the match i was like huh i wonder what happens if i like try to use mouse and keyboard but it, it it's locked you can't do anything oh. and it pops up a little message saying oh if you want to use mouse and keyboard you have to leave the match and change it in and the then settings. you only play with keyboard mouse people exactly well, yeah then that's so. not really cross play now is it oh no it is it's great because like all the people i'm playing with everybody's xbox 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 ps3 ps or four ps4 ps4 you know what i mean and then i'm the one like battle net but you're using a <laughs> controller i'm using controller yeah so it's like if i had Whatever. people like if i had people like willis playing on his his playstation we could literally play uh and we like that's the problem i have for call of duty and well maybe it's not a bad problem 
for them but uh usually i buy multiple versions because i have more people mm-hmm. that play on playstation mm-hmm. so like i'll play the campaign on pc because it looks best there but then the multiplayer on playstation because that's where most of my friends are in this case i don't have to do that anymore it's willis it's by awesome. the way adam and willis are two of the three people i'm gonna play i think in camera strike well <laughs> yes. they use controller and i use uh, keyboard mouse yeah it's been a long time coming but it will be a ass whooping of epic proportions <laughs> that's what he's saying but it's never actually materialized so we'll have to see come on there's, there's a reason look do you understand why they are they they are they are putting people on keyboard and mouse in, in, in Call of Duty, in their own pen, and they're letting the, the, the controllers kind of roam free. Because if you actually open this pen up, it would be like letting wolves just roam through, like, a, a side of, of sheep. I mean, they, they, the, the wolves would just get, like, like they, they wouldn't want sheep anymore. They would eat so much. It's just... Anyway, props to Infinity Ward and the people who were making Call of Duty this year, because not only is it good... I can also play with other other people on consoles, so that's great. Anyway, we have reviews. Yeah, we got reviews. We are going to just jam through these. Uh, it's been a long week. Jam, uh, jam, jam. For me, power outage. Thank you, PG&E. But we are going to talk about Intel's new Core i9-9900KS Special Edition, which is, of course, the follow-on to the Core i9-9900K. Short story, take... Uh, 9900 take the very very cream of the crop the best 9900k parts put them in their own bin build up a nice big stash of them and then eventually come out with a bushel of 9900ks parts all core turbo uh turbo all five gigahertz turbo part is how intel's pushing it they're also pushing it as the world's best gaming cpu and Which, I mean, the 9900K was, so that makes sense. That makes sense. So, <laughs> yeah, if you take the very best of the K parts and you make them even faster, uh, the base clock of the 9900K, these are some interesting, very important vital stats. Base clock of the original 99K is 3.6. The base clock of the 9900KS Special Edition is 4 gigahertz. One core, 5 gigahertz guaranteed on a K, but a few others will go a little higher. And... Um, that gets complicated, and but on the 9900KS all-core turbo 5 gigahertz, if you fire up XTU, you go in there and you look at the the turbos, 5 gigahertz. Uh, K- Kyrie Howard on YouTube says, it's just a bin 9900K, nothing special to talk about, let's move on. Well, yeah, but we, we you still got to do it. It is just a bin, I mean, that's, yeah, that, that's... That's pretty much correct. You've basically summarized it, but we still we get paid by the hour, so we still got to do this. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> I wish we did. But it's still let's let's kick this off. First chart. We're I, gonna hold be on, hold on. You gave me. I asked you to give me like five charts max. Yeah, you but, gave me like fifteen. Yeah, no, there's, <laughs> so, there's exactly ten. Uh, We're gonna I, go well, through the game once. And that's fast. that's double. I I can't load these in here. Like you don't understand. Like it's actually intensive to to load these in here in the program. So oh, sure. I, I can't show every single it. one. Oh, I didn't know that. I was. Yeah. That was just flashing on the screen well that's why i asked you for five. Oh, so which one should i show you first? didn't say why <laughs> um well why don't you show uh why don't you show uh, so well we're gonna pick so we'll do slide two shadows of the tomb raider first slide which you're missing out folks doesn't matter is uh shadows of the tomb raider a 25 by 1440 high quality preset on a gtx 2080 ti latest bios latest drivers ah. on all three and basically there we go shout out to the tomb raider but uh, yeah we're looking at slide two right 19 slide by 10. two yep so slide two though is at 19 by 10 which makes it less cpu intensive um basically 
the difference between the 3900X and the the 9900KS is about 3.9% at 25 by 14. When you go to 19 by 10, it's about 11%, which is what you're looking at in front of you. Uh, the scores for what I got, 9900K, I'll explain later. I think why. Basically a tie. It didn't matter much. You're basically not seeing a huge difference in these games. Let's go to... Next slide. Can you do Gears of War? Uh, slide three. So slide three is Gears of War, 19 by 10. Uh, one issue, though, a lot of games are very G- GPU intensive, even at fairly moderate uh, resolutions. 19 by 10 is the most popular. There are high frame rate monitors, so it is justified. But it's pretty close. The uh, the Ryzen 93900, 6.9% from going from a 90 a 3900x to a 9900ks about uh 6% basically so it's about 7% faster and over its sibling over the 9900k about 3% hmm. okay uh one makes, more that makes me wonder 19 by 1080 is the most common but you have to wonder how many people who are buying a ks who aren't esports pros actually play at that resolution i i i don't it's hard to judge people. I think. I think honestly, a lot of people go will go like, "Well, overclocking is the only thing that matters. Why would you buy a K part unless you overclock it?" Mm-hmm. You would be honestly surprised that probably seventy five percent of people who buy K parts never overclock. It's just nice to have as an option. Well, a lot of people just sort of like, "Oh, what's the best case? Better, I'll buy it." They never mm-hmm. do it. Right. What I mean is that they'll do it because they'll buy the K part because they'll think, "Okay, well, if I." need it i can do that later but then it actually takes time yeah so then you just don't do it so you would honestly i mean the perception by everybody is like well you're you're running like liquid nitrogen custom loops with your k bar it's like no most people like stock cooler and they don't overclock anything that's the truth that's the honest truth for for most people who buy them wait this doesn't come with a cooler though right this does not okay can we do far cry 5 slide 4 does this show anything crazy or is it the same? It's the same message. <laughs> so if it's the same message, no, no, we can it, just sum it up. So the first, the first few games, basically, as you have games that are brand new that are very GPU intensive, you're bottlenecked by the GPU. Even a 2080 Ti Founders Edition that is a twelve hundred dollar video card, the best of the best right now, and it's not. It's like you know maybe eight percent, seven percent faster than a Ryzen. Very and very close to its sibling. When you get to older games, some that are not quite as intense. We're looking at slide four. I don't know if he's going to yep, show it, but I will tell you, you Far Cry nineteen by ten. It's it's a it's a decent it's a very decent uh, bump. Really, when you're going from a Ryzen nine thirty nine hundred X to a ninety nine hundred K S part, it's twenty six percent, which is kind of what we've seen in the old days on older Ryzen's. Far Cry five is just a game that just doesn't really love Ryzen that much. Right, uh, Far Cry Five is actually surprisingly threadbound, I guess, because on my GPU testing rig, I have an eighty-seven hundred K, and all the top end parts uh, at fourteen forty P resolution top out around like one hundred five frames per second. Yeah, so you know, it's interesting. Yeah, good. I I think that game just relies very, very abnormally heavy on single threading performance. Yeah, I think that's what that's what I, I sort of believe as well, but I have also run Far Cry five on laptops six cores. Mm-hmm. And every single core will just be like maxed out. So I don't know what is going on. Uh, probably something. Somebody should look a little harder at what is going on at Far Cry five. But if you play the game, the only thing you care about is getting more frame rates and 
KS gets you more. But over the K part, uh, 4.7%. Still, that's not bad, but, you know, not not a huge bump. Let's do the last one, CSGO, because you don't, you don't care about Rainbow so, Six. So we only skipped one slide. No, we're, we're going to so skip. You only, have five, you only have five slides left. All right, you we'll really just, I'll just want... talk about All right, we're gonna, I'm just going to talk about Counter-Strike. So Rainbow Six, uh, 3900X versus a 9900KS, almost 14%, 13.7%. That's at uh, 19 by 10. Wow. 9900 well, <laughs> oh my goodness what is happening weird, I'm sorry I'm leaving this up because there's we're, we're, something's broken on the screen okay. uh, and so it's hilarious so uh, I will take oh, it crazy <laughs> so yeah so uh, Rainbow Six 13% over 3900X short story and of course the last one which we're not going to show you is Counter Strike Go 19 by 10 high using the FPS frame rate uh, tests again same hardware there we go 480 frames a second on the chaos part, and for the most part, it's essentially 700 frames a second. Um, that's a lot of frames. That's a lot of frames at 19 by 10 for competitive esports people. Probably awesome, I guess. For the 3900, 394 frames a second. Um, it's almost looking, 100 less. Yeah, 22% faster than the Ryzen. Do you like 100 frames? I mean, that's, you know... That seems like a big jump, you know. One is it's a, has a hundred more, almost a hundred more frames. That's yeah. huge. It's a it's a lot. It's you know, it's it's sarcasm. Twenty two percent, you know, higher frame rates on the twenty nine twenty two hundred KS part, but versus the ninety nine hundred K, maybe four percent. So very uh, in my testing at stock stock versus stock, which is what I generally look at. It's it's pretty close. Let's I actually mean, for for what it's worth. I think normal people playing those games. We'll never be able to see the difference between 400 and 500 frames per second. <laughs> well, Brad. <laughs> but if you are invested in a 9900KS to play at the upper tier of esports games, I mean, it's clear between this and Rainbow Six Siege that the KS is the way to go. Yeah. And then also, <laughs> even if you're playing uh, GPU bound at 4K, all you, you essentially get the same performance because you're GPU bound. But in a lot of games, you'll still see more performance over that 9900KS part. So, yes, it is. It does maintain. It is the new world's best gaming CPU, right? So that's that's without a doubt. Okay. I think yeah. all the evidence proves that. I'll take it. Also, um, real, real quick, before we, before we head to the next slide, uh, there's a lot of people coming in uh, to the chat asking, who is who is this new Twitch streamer we have yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, manning the show? And asking asking Lindsay if uh, she can she can help translate the the style and the fashion of uh, of what Gordon's wearing. Yeah, see. yeah, you're Got a Twitch streamer. Beanie. That's it. Got my beanie. <laughs> Works great. Don't forget to use your Twitch Prime sub. <laughs> hey, we're talking to you, peeps. We got, but you got to do it like this. Yeah, hey, everybody. <laughs> is, is that how they do it? <laughs> Come on! You, I, I, I get the, so I get the feeling that Gordon doesn't really like Twitch. No, I, I'm, I just know yeah, that he's, he's a, more of a mixer guy. There is a pro, there's a protocol you follow if you're streaming on Twitch, and you slump in your chair. And you, yeah, hey, what's up? Got your beanie on and a little. You know, sometimes you have to slump in your chair a little bit if you're sitting for hours. I'm just saying Take we're sitting. We're sitting upright. Back. We're sitting upright. <laughs> Correct posture. Yep. All right. Now, what's the next slide you want? Not me. You get two more. Uh, I get two more. Okay, let's just let's just do the uh, let's do slide eight. Slide eight's a good one. Go so, so basically, this is ninety nine hundred KS versus ninety nine hundred K. I use Cinebench R fifteen because it runs fast. To be honest, it it runs in a shorter time, so I could complete this test in the limited amount of time I had, and um, 
you were running it from one thread to 16 threads, which both CPUs have since they are uh, eight plus or eight, eight slash 16 cores. And you can basically see the differences in performance at a single thread since they're basically, uh, five gigahertz. Both are five gigahertz. It's a tie, right? As you get to two threads, four percent, three threads, four percent, uh, four threads, five, five threads, seven percent, nine percent at six threads, seven percent at seven threads, eight. So, you know, eight, the probably the best that we're seeing is about, uh, eight threads where uh, the 9900KS with its, you know, higher boost clocks of five gigahertz will give you nine percent more performance. Overall, maybe 7% is what you'd consider the difference between a 9900K and a 9900KS part. Uh, some people are asking, uh, specifically friend of the show, Peter Jansen, uh, which RAM settings did Gordon use? He, they don't see it in the article. Yeah, I, I forgot to put them in. It was XMP2 for the K parts, uh, DDR4 3600, I think. And for the Ryzen 3, it was uh, whatever the the godlike board setting had which is with xmp was it wasn't excellent well it was a xmp but uh 3733 okay right right so the intel parts were a little bit slower in clocks but that's what the xmp profile said uh let's do the last one because this is probably the most important because i don't think anybody's thinking about upgrading from a core i9 9900k to a ks you are missing out on five to seven percent performance folks maybe but the this chip was not made to compete with itself, we think. It was made to compete with the Ryzen 9 3900X, which is 12 cores, 24 threads. And this last slide, 10. Boom. No. Oh, not that one. Oh, there is one more. Not that one? That's the money slide. Yeah. Okay, you go back you up. said the last slide. Oh, I forgot there's one more. <laughs> Man, you're, slide just, 10. you're just cheating this whole thing. Well, you didn't tell me. You just said, give me five slides. Yeah, and you gave me like 15. Yeah, but I thought you could just simply go. I didn't know it was like, you know, <laughs> we'll, you had to fill out a you know tax return form to get the slide. All right, all right. Now you know. All right, there slide 10. So slide 10, same thing, Cinebench from 1 to 24 threads. Uh, 9900KS stock versus a, uh, a 3900X stock, uh, PBO, MCE on, I don't even, I auto, not on, because that gives it the K parts even more. Um, I just want to avoid all that. We're just going to, nobody's going to turn off MCE. Let's, nobody's going to do that. But left side of the chart, up to seven, up to maybe seven, seven threads, 9900KS part has a lead, seven to eight percent. Pretty decent. Right, pretty decent on that left side of the chart. But again, once you are going up against a 12 core part in a multi threaded benchmark, which is Cinebench, which is V Ray, which is Corona, which is some encoding, depends, gets a little tough there, but it gets underwater really fast and then it gets really, really deep. I mean, look at your, the 9900KS part in heavily multi threaded 3D modeling, no surprise, is 31, at a 31% deficit to a 3900X. So it doesn't, I mean, that's ultimately my problem that I've had from the 9900 cast part. It is awesome. It's only a little bit more than a K part. It gets you all kinds of gaming performance, but, you know, it doesn't really change anything. AMD still whooping it on multi-core loads, and it's not that much slower at it than games. Yeah, it's a little further back now that they have more clock speeds, but is it enough to materially change it? I don't think so, and I really, the advice I'm giving is, again, if you need games, if you really sort of run these light loads where you need 5 gigahertz 
turbos a lot of the time. Chaos part is actually a better investment for your 500 bucks, right? That's fair. If you are doing something, you're running multiple applications that use a lot of cores. If you're doing multi-threading, yeah, no surprise, go with the 12-core Ryzen. So it, Unless you need QuickSync. Or QuickSync, yeah. So there are some things like sort of, it's interesting because 3D modeling, high multi-thread count things, yeah, definitely you're going to go Ryzen. As you get into video editing, encoding, we didn't get into it here. It gets a little weird because Intel has an advantage. You know, they have some instructions that are a little bit faster than AMD. They have QuickSync. They have higher clocks. A lot of a lot of encoders really don't use all the threads of a CPU. There's memory bandwidth. There's so many other little things that affect it over 3D modeling that it might actually be worth it to get a 9900KS part or K part. Uh, we have somebody in the the stream, uh, Mister Hintel, is asking how much did we how much did they pay for you to say that? Oh wait, I need the box. Don't I need the box somewhere? I need. <laughs> yeah, the box. we need. Oh crap, we didn't put the box. Oh, we should have put a box out. Ah, <laughs> <here. laughs> yeah. No, but so, I mean, so to go ahead, Brian. To me, the most interesting part about this part is actually the price, uh, because yes. I, like I said, I think I said last episode, I was totally expecting this to be like five seventy five, six hundred. Yes. To have it come out at five hundred and thirteen bucks is like twenty five bucks. It seems like a no brainer if you're thinking of getting a ninety nine hundred K to begin with. Uh, but I'm gonna be really interested to see if that five thirteen actually sticks around in the real world because this is theoretically a very limited edition part, special edition part. And I'm curious to see how much of an upcharge happens in yeah. out in the wild. Yeah, apparently they're already sold out, and people are because of demand are charging, bon, you know, extra. I mean, I think I think we're all pretty taken aback by. I mean, we were all thinking like, no, nah, there's not, they're not going to go under fifty, and they did. Yeah, end, right? you know, it's interesting. I I think yes, it's more performance than a K part, and five thirteen. Yes, it is a pleasant surprise, but I almost feel like if Intel really wanted to put a dent into AMD. If they could, and it just shows the dire problem Intel is at right now, they could have made a ninety. If they did ninety nine hundred cast part for four hundred dollars, even four fifty, right? Four fifty. No, four hundred dollars. It would have been like even fanboys would be like, "Well, okay, yeah, that that's you know, I can't." But they can't afford to do that to themselves because they, as you about. as you were about to say, they've kind of backed themselves into a corner by very clearly establishing what the tiers are for their different parts, and they can't necessarily cannibalize other things in the stack by they doing a move like, like that. They seem like they're okay with it, but I, I think the other thing is I just they they don't have the if they sold the, the manufacturing capacity. If they sold it for four hundred dollars, be like, yeah, uh, you can order yours now. We'll get it that to you in about twenty twenty two, maybe. So that's their problem. I think they can't go to war with prices because they don't have the parts to go to war with AMD on prices. It feels like. So I mean, I think it really yeah, would help. Been, it's been like a year at this point, but even just in the recent earnings call, which earnings suck, they're boring. But they sometimes have interesting things. They were saying they're still com- supply constrained. So yeah. I mean, if they go down to four hundred bucks, like if the ninety nine hundred K was four hundred and they move this to four fifty, that'd be killer, I think. Yeah. But they're already they're like we can't give people cheap parts because we're making all the most expensive parts that we can, and they're just selling out. So right, they just and this is this has been the problem. They can't compete, so they're just they're in the worst possible condition where they they can't. Do they really worst, need to condition. compete though? Because <laughs> I kind of feel so. No. I was looking at some of the not reviews but just the sentiment on twitter about the ks you know on was it monday whenever like the information started like actually hitting streets mm-hmm. and the emotion seemed to be meh on the ks part yeah yeah because it was it was everything but here's the thing i, I kind of feel like we're in a 
good place as consumers that we're starting to see these highly specialized parts in a way where it's like, if you absolutely need the most you can get out of this particular use case, there is a part for you. Maybe like this doesn't go directly, like in my mind, the KS doesn't actually go as directly head to head with 3900X anymore as, as it would in previous generations because at this point they are, they are addressing very different audiences really. Yeah. Well, and, and if you're if you're on a, if you're on the fence, then that's a good thing to be because you have all these options now, where you can kind of tailor it to this or kind of tailor it to that, and you have these options in front of you. And then if you have that absolutely specialized use case, then you don't even have to, you know, hunt around for the best, you know, make do solution. You just have a really good solution. You don't have to go to like Silicon Lottery. You don't have to, you know see if you can overclock it yourself like you have this part that's essentially as people are saying a bin part right so that's true it's actually a really good perspective i think the only thing that's i mean yes because i agree you buy for your needs you don't buy what the internet tells you to buy because (laughs) for their reason you buy because that's what you do you i play games 99 percent of the time and I want a five hundred dollars CPU, then you get that one. If I do multi-threading animation, that stuff, then I I do the the other one. But I think what's a, a little unfortunate is years ago you just simply had one that did everything the best. Mm. So everything it didn't matter, games, multi-threading, right? One part. Now it's sort of like if you change what your use case scenario is, like today I I play games all day, I just graduated, I have a job doing, you know, as a 3D animator, and I'm doing some work at home, then you're like, yeah, I wish I had a 12-core Ryzen, right? So it's 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 a little bit of a bummer, I think. But I, I think, yeah, that is, it is a good point. You, but I don't know if I agree with that, because the options are like, okay, you have this one part that kicks ass at multi-threaded stuff and still does pretty damn good at gaming and the other ones this one kicks ass at gaming and does pretty damn good at the multi-threaded stuff right so you're in a good place either way the way i figure it oh yeah get to choose which way to lean who would who would say no to a free one of either of these cpus they're both awesome although (laughs) i'm going to point out something live i want to get your response because i didn't chart time no no well we we don't no money charts charts. no it doesn't compete it's basically 32 (laughs) dollars Thirty-two dollars per thread, ninety hundred k. We can't even read the damn thing. You added way too many parts, dude. <laughs> you got to take some of those parts off, so man. Tiny. It is so tiny. Maybe we we'll can't just even do see that. Zoom in, but like uh, the thirty-six hundred is seventeen dollars per thread, and the the Ryzen nine thirty-nine hundred X is twenty-one dollars per thread. And that's sort of the the key issue here is they're not yep. really competing. They're not giving you that value on the on the number of threads, which they know everybody knows. So. I mean, I would say for me and my uses, this isn't, you know, this is obvious. I would still go the Intel part personally. For the quick sync, right? Yeah, so, for yeah, the quick I mean, sync. And I do a lot of gaming. So, you know, I, I say what you will. I mean, I would love to, to, to try out the AMD stuff, but like if it were my money on the line and I had to work. Yeah. You know, what was interesting too is I also did encodes. So I did Premiere encodes, same load we've used for a while. Uh, and I used on the CPU encodes, uh, Thread Upper One. Or not, not Thurper, but uh, 3900X1. But as I when I did a GPU encode using the RTX 2080 Ti, mm-hmm. which you would assume kind of does all the heavy lifting on the GPU, leaving the CPU to just thumb twiddle. Well, it depends. Both yeah. of the Intel parts actually handily beat the uh, AMD part. So yeah. it's interesting. I was really surprised by that. Video encoding can be a little tricky, although Syne- Synergy, which is sort of like a, you know, 
broadcast industry standards favored more core count. So, well, and I mean, it's also you know, it's also a difference of um, uh, like what your workflow is. You know, what kind of footage you have. You know, what kind of effects you put on. I mean, it, it's definitely different. You know, for everyone's use case. So, right. it's not just that all even that all video people should be on Intel. It's you know. Hey, I, I do want to bring up one very last point. I didn't even Please. realize it till this morning because I've just been heads down and no power for the last few days. Um, apparently, somewhere in the small text of the 9900KS part is the fact that it has a one-year warranty. The 9900K yeah. has a three-year warranty. I did see you mention that, that on Twitter. Is that a deal yeah. breaker for anybody? So there were people on Twitter this morning, I think, that were saying that they would go with a three-year warranty instead of a one-year warranty. Yeah, I think it's worth mentioning. I don't know if it's necessarily a deal breaker because, in my opinion, if a CPU is going to break on you and need to be RMA, it's going to be in the first ten days that you have it. I mean, I never had to return a processor that I can think of. Does this mean it's like they already know it's pushing that hot, so it's not going to last as long? I mean, is that well? Apparently, I I think uh, is it Kit Guru talked to them and they says like, oh, it's just because it's a sh- this is a special edition part. So we realize we're just not going to keep these around. It's also not, it's also not on the, you know, like the K part is actually on, <laughs> it, it's on the long term. It'll be on the, around for a long time. So like companies can put it into the computers if they want. So wait, that doesn't wash to me though. Yeah. That doesn't wash Why? at all. I mean, because what's, what does it really cost them to support this part for three years? Yeah. Well, then they, if they can't replace it after a year from now, because these are highly binned versions of this. Right. They if they're simply, planning on keeping it short term, and they'll say, "Hey, we'll keep your ninety nine hundred Ks around, but we're not going to promise." These yeah, crazy but it bins. still doesn't. It still doesn't make sense <laughs> to me. It doesn't seem very consumer friendly because you could say like uh, limited warranty for the first year, direct re- uh, replacement, and then for the following two years, we will try to replace it with something as like as possible. I don't so that know if that's allowed. I don't know, but I mean, they can do warranties where it's like we cover this for two years and then after that it reverts to this for, you know, four years. So I don't see why they couldn't get a lawyer to word it in a way that wouldn't come back and bite them. I mean, they're Intel. They have a lot of lawyers. Yeah. You how fun looking lawyers out for them. are. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying, though, that in terms of goodwill, like if I were to put down $513 for a part to get less of a warranty, that kind of rubs me the wrong way. Well, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I. I like Brad said, I mean, so maybe maybe the warranty rules are like, look, we have to replace with like part. If you're going to sell 20,000 of these CPUs, you need to have like, I don't know, 10,000 replacements just in case. Or 5,000. Maybe they just kind of like, they don't want to just sit on 5,000 of these parts just for warranties. Whereas with a K part, they're going to keep making this for the foreseeable future. So it's in the stable, it's in the SIP program, stable infra- infrastructure program, whatever. So it'll be around. This and is that, just... Well, and also, uh, Eskimonster, I mean, I, I can't confirm this, but uh, they're, they're saying that the EU warranty for the KS is 36 months. So Yeah, different protections in Europe. So maybe that, again, comes down to the reserve that they have to keep, and they can just figure, well, we'll just have enough to cover dead chips in there. And again, and, I'm not uh, saying that there ten, is no nanometer. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was going to say that I don't. I'm not saying that they don't have real concerns and have like logistics they have to work out. I'm just saying that there's still, there still could have been some more consumer friendly way they could have approached this. I think to make that make a customer at the high end feel like they're being taken care of. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. think you something, could go to I, something's weird. I would never go I'm, to like if my stupid Pixel XL, which I hate. If I said like, give me a new phone, and they said, oh, well, I got a Pixel One. We don't make those anymore. I'd be like, what? 
<laughs> I'd be in their face because I'm paying for warranty for the same thing. I, I don't think anybody's going to go for a lesser item. And uh, isn't 10 nanometer the process, the chips we've seen so far haven't been coming anywhere close to the speeds that we're seeing on 14 nanometer plus 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 or whatever at this point. So I don't know if they're willing to stick their necks out and say two, three years from now, they're going to have a part that's close to five gigahertz. No, I mean, I get that. But I'm just saying that if <laughs> if chat is accurate and that other territories do get the full 36 months, then it just doesn't wash to me as an American consumer that that yeah. they have enough what? reason that we're getting screwed over that other people aren't where i i'm sort of used to in some ways of getting extra <laughs> screwed over sometimes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on that note welcome to america <laughs> uh so we're you know we're, we're limited on time so why don't we leave this topic and head over to another review this one by brad Chargis. a super review sure so yeah super review so the 9900KS is a iterative product on something that already kicked ass. Uh, and so is the GTX 1660 Super, which launched this week. Uh, the GTX 1650 Super was announced at the same time. That one's coming out at the end of November. Going to be more substantial upgrade. Uh, the 1660 Super is available now. It is the exact same GPU as the existing GTX 1660, but now it has... GDDR6 memory, the fastest GDDR6 memory you can get in a graphics card right now. Uh, everything else is the exact same. It's the same clock speed, same CUDA core count, same everything as the existing 1660. Hmm. Only the memory's been upgraded to 14 Mbps, which is actually even faster than the memory you can get in the GTX 1660 Ti, <laughs> uh, which is a card that costs... $50 more or something like that. And yes, all three are still going to be available. 1660 is getting a price cut. They wouldn't say to how much. 1660 Super is here with GDDR6. 1660 Ti is still going to be around as well. So there's going to be a lot of 1660s you could choose from. Uh, uh, would you recommend any of those over the the AMD equivalent, though? I mean, like... I, our, I would recommend all of those, depending on your budget. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> As was, the GTX 1660 was our pick for the best 1080p graphics card because while the Radeon RX 570, 580, and 590 are great in their own right, they're great value options. Uh, you can get them at great prices and often with games bundled, but they are going on three years old, and they're not as fast as NVIDIA's modern options, and they're much less power efficient than NVIDIA's modern options. Uh, this... GTX 1660 Super costs 230 bucks, or it starts at 230 bucks. So it's a $10 markup over the existing GTX 1660. Uh, the only thing they change is the memory, and that is good enough to give it about 12% more performance. It's actually much closer to the 1660 Ti's performance than the original 1660, just by swapping out that memory. So for 230 bucks, it's basically the best 1080p gaming option if you're looking to spend 200 to 250 bucks these days uh there's really not much reason to consider a 1660 ti at this point because those still sell for around 280 bucks uh the 1660 super comes awfully close to it and you can often find rtx 2060 basic versions on sale for down around 300 bucks so i would say the launch of this basically kills the 1660 ti even though it's still going to be around. Wow. What's uh, what's a good res? What kind of gaming 
uh, resolution which should you expect to get out of this and refresh? Um, I would consider this a no compromises 60 hertz graphics card. Uh, it does go above 60 hertz, 1080. It's the best 1080. I'm going to update our best graphics card guide soon to call this the best 1080 graphics card. Uh, so, yeah, it'll get above 60 hertz. It has a little bit of future proofing built in. Uh, you could probably push a 75 hertz screen. Most games with no compromises in a lot of games. Uh, but if you're looking to feed an ultra ultra high refresh rate one, you I mean stepping up to the 300 ish dollar range is your best bet. What do you think? Just just for my frame of reference, if you had a 1060 or uh, a 580, is it worth doing a, a move up for, to this? Or not big enough? I still. I still say, you know, wait a couple generations. That's only one generation back. If you have a 1060 or 580, you can still play your game 60 frames per second, no problem, on high rather than ultra most of the time. Uh, and that's why the 580 is still a great deal when you can get it for 160 bucks. Uh, but so I wouldn't upgrade from those. But if you haven't upgraded in a couple years, this is definitely worth considering. Hmm. Uh, I find the timing interesting because. AMD came out, you know, a few weeks ago and basically said, hey, we're going to have a RX 5500 series based on Navi. But then they never actually launched the parts because they're going to computer builders first, like Dell and HP. So this is NVIDIA getting its stuff out before AMD's Navi comes out. So it's going to be an interesting end of the year for affordable graphics cards. Hmm. Uh, a friend of the show, Rusty Shackelford, is asking um, when NVIDIA is going to give us the... 1950 super or maybe the 1660 super duper Super uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the 1660 ti super personally uh so super ti or ti super <laughs> they can reuse well, the, there's already the ti right so yeah. it has to be ti super because they just slapped the super on the end got it Ooh. but yeah it's a great card i mean it's like it's basically the same story as the ks it's a slightly better version of what was already available so it still is the best option that you can buy in its area, but it's nothing revolutionary or life-changing. Uh, the part I think is going to be more interesting is that November 22nd, the 1650 Super comes out. Uh, and that actually is getting like a huge overhaul. They're changing the core GPU at the heart of it from their lowest end one that powers the 1650, which the existing 1650 we never even reviewed because nobody wanted to send us one <laughs> because uh with the prices that rx 570s are selling for these days they require a power connector but they stomp all over the 1650 the 1650 some don't require power connectors and they sacrifice a lot for that to happen uh including the low-end gpu uses the last gen pascal video encoder which a lot of people are disappointed with uh the 1650 ti when it comes out at the end of the month is going to be using a cut-down version of the same GPU that's in the 1660 series. So it's going to be getting a lot more CUDA cores, a lot more clock speed. It's going to be getting the new turn encoder. It's going to be getting GDDR6. Uh, the one thing we don't know is price at this point, but we don't know price for any of AMD's stuff either, and that's the reason I think NVIDIA is playing this card close to the chest. But that card's going to be a lot more interesting when it comes out at the end of November. But I was actually kind of amazed by how much of a difference just swapping from GDR5 to GDDR6 could make. Because I think the worst case scenario I saw was like a 7% improvement. And the best case scenario was up close to 20. Wow. So yeah, that's just from switching out memory. So. Memory bandwidth. Yeah. It was king of I, gaming, right? It is. Well, moving from GDDR5 to GDDR6 is a huge jump. But 
I specifically reviewed the Asus Dual Evo OC, I think it is. GTTX Super Evo OC. Asus. Uh, Asus, sorry. <laughs> it's, priced, it's priced at MSRP, although it's $10 over on Newegg right now, which I still think is worth it. Uh, and it runs cool. I mean, it hits the speeds that you want. It has some nice features, like it has a backplate. Uh, it has a couple different BIOSes. Uh, and I... Specifically, that card I recommend because I don't think spending a lot on a high-end cooler or whatever is going to make a big difference in performance or temperatures or anything for this card because it's a mainstream card and turns pretty efficient. So, specifically, the Asus, Asus, whatever, uh, Dual is is a great option, and I would check that out if you can, if you're considering this card. Uh, so does anyone know off the top of the head right now what the Steam survey says of people gaming at 1080p? Uh, somebody in the chat gave us so. Uh, do you want to guess anybody? It's probably greater than fifty percent at least. I guess over at nineteen eighty. I think it's over eighty percent. Nineteen eighty or lower. Do you want to guess, Elena? I would say sixty percent. It's 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 the most popular res. Yeah, uh, Ziv Zoolander, friend of the show, uh, says I just checked Steam survey. Sixty four percent is on 1080p. Yeah, and if you and if you go through and look at that, like there is more people playing at resolutions lower than that than yeah. are playing at 4K. So it's 1080 or lower is like a huge percent of the market. I think it's really interesting too to see how much that's shifted just within like the last couple of years. Because I feel like when I started PC World in 2016, that percentage was not nearly so high. Uh, it feels like it was just barely, it was getting up there. It was about to, to make that shift, it feels like. But I definitely think all the competition we've had really pushed it. Well, the prices of panels have come down. and it's yeah. just... All of that. The prices of graphics cards. Yeah. Before the 480, the RX 480, to get a no compromises 1080p GPU, you had to jump up over 300 bucks. The the 480 when it came out for 200 bucks was like a revelation, so that was what three years ago, and around the same time is when all the panel prices started coming down. So it's like it's been a great time to get into gaming right now. The 1060 six gigs were what 350 or something three ish I think at the time. No, they came out at 260. Yeah. 260. God, it feels like a 300 dollar card for some reason. It it's because uh, all the aftermarket versions oh. were. Yeah, you add like yeah. another 20 bucks for the aftermarket ones, right? Yeah. But okay. the cool thing is the new modern GPUs are so cool and efficient that you don't have to spend that kind of money to get a great experience. Like I'm saying, this Dual is MSRP priced, although, like I said, I think it's going for $10 more today, the day they came out. Uh, and you're going to love it. It runs at like 65 degrees. You can barely hear it. I mean, it supports the one-click overclocking that all NVIDIA stuff does these days. You don't If you're in the modern, the mainstream price brackets, you don't have to spend a lot more for an extra... Uh, main street, uh, a high-end cooler these days. Nice. Hmm. And it's out. It's out on sale already. Yeah, it came out yesterday. Okay. And none of these are reference editions. They're all aftermarket boards. Yeah, easy. there is no founders editions. The Nvidia hasn't made any founders editions for any of the GTX cards. Only the RTX cards. So and that continues. Uh, it's going to be the same here. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same for RX fifty five hundred when it comes out. Uh, the Navi boards. It the the more mainstream stuff they tend not to make founders editions or reference editions. Yeah, it feels like they always want to leave that to the vendors to to. That's where the bulk of the market is anyway. That's they leave it to the vendors, and 
they like getting one up over each other, and pretty much all of the aftermarket cards have some sort of overclock put on them, so it's it, you know makes them look a little bit better too. So that two hundred thirty dollar price point, that's for all the aftermarket cards. Then are are there any cards that go? One more. I was about to say, how much? What's like the high end for uh, aftermarket uh, cards? I haven't had much time to look around and see, but typically you'd spend. If you're looking like this is the basic Asus one, although they have a single card version that's going to be coming out, that's probably going to be a little bit cheaper. But if you're looking up at like the Strix is typically like some of the more premium pricey ones. And they're, depending on the price range, about 40 bucks more for mainstream cards. So if you're looking at Strix, you'd be looking at like 270 at which point it's not worth it. Just spend your money on a TI or an on-sale RTX 2060 instead. I think the higher you creep up in price point for this, the less worth it it is. So Good to know. All right. Uh, any any more on this topic, or should we take a couple questions before we pop out of here? I'm good. Uh, actually, something so people should know, even if you don't get one of these cards, NVIDIA just updated its drivers yesterday with a bunch of awesome features, including if you're into screenshots and post-processing stuff like that, there's a very popular enthusiast program called Reshade that makes your games look amazing with the right filters. Uh, it's now supported natively in GeForce Experience now. Uh they also added a bunch of new monitors that are G-Sync compatible, so they'll automatically work with FreeSync monitors, essentially. And they have improved their ultra-low latency mode, which you would use if you're playing, like Gordon was talking earlier, CSGO at a crazy frame rate that far exceeds your monitor's refresh rate. Uh, you put on this ultra-low latency mode. It now works with G-Sync. Uh, in a way that it'll still give you a little bit of a latency hit compared to just V-Sync off, but if you turn on G-Sync and V-Sync, it'll only give you a minor hit, and it'll get rid of the tearing at the same time. Hmm. So it's a quality of life improvement. So if you care about any of that, go update your GeForce drivers, regardless of which graphics card you use, because it's available for you now for free. Uh, CC in YouTube chat asking, do these go back to like 10 series and older, or do you know? Um, 10 series should definitely be supported. Uh, I'm not sure. Usually it starts the current generation and the last generation that trickles back. I'm not sure I haven't been able to look into the finer details of that yet. Okay. Uh, let's get some questions in. Uh, if you want to get in your question, uh, the best place to do it is in the Fuller Discord. You can sign up. we got a link in the description. It's an awesome place. People are always talking about fun PC hardware topics. Uh, I highly encourage you to go over there. And also, that's the best place to get the notifications of when we're going to stream live if you want to join us live. Uh, the first question is kind of an interesting one for Brad um, from Integer Overload. Will HDMI 2.1 VVR, VRR put FreeSync and G-Sync out of business? Um, No. G-Sync has unique selling points over BASIC. I don't... First, let me say off the bat that I'm not just off the cuff, super familiar with what's going to be in that spec. Uh, but I would say that G-Sync has unique selling points that you get from that hardware that you don't get with basic adaptive sync, and I think that will continue to be the case. And FreeSync is basically just AMD's branding and the way that they integrate with adaptive sync monitors as is, so it's just going to be more business as usual for that. Uh, FreeSync 2 is a little bit more like G-Sync, so they have a tighter control over it. And that's still going to exist, too. I wouldn't expect either of those brands or initiatives or features to go away. Plus but it would be good. Me. Yeah, you'd need a new monitor, like Gordon was about to say. But, I mean, it's just more goodness for everybody. 
All right. Uh, I got a, a nice uh, laptop one to, for Gordon because I know he likes talking about laptops uh, from LFBG. Uh, is the Alienware 51M worth the money? Gordon, what do you think? It's it's tough. It is it is stupid fast. You're getting a 9900K part. I will say uh, I just looked at an Acer Monster laptop, and the mobile 9900 does pretty damn well. I was surprised. It comes... Generally, pretty close to the Alienware, and they're also actually about the same price. So, I, I think you just have to pay for it. I think one of the the things that I think it's worth it if if Alienware can really pull off the upgrade promise. So they sort of promised a GPU upgrade and a CPU upgrade, but I think the way it's a little worded is sort of like if you did a mid grade CPU, you could at least go to a ninety nine hundred K from your mid grade. CPU, or if you did a lower in RTX, you can do a new one. If they really do next NVIDIA next generation graphics card and they do a module for the area 51M, I will say yes, it's worth it because laptops, especially big game laptops, they their uh, their life clock is limited by the GPU usually, and those you, you, it's nothing you can do about it in general. So it might be worth it. Okay. That's why that's why I like to buy like uh I like to go a little bit overkill when I'm shopping. Not that I have a gaming laptop aside from ones I review. But if I was going to be buying one, I would go a little bit overkill. Like a sixteen sixty TI is overkill for a standard sixty hertz monitor if you're playing on your desktop. But if you're getting a gaming laptop, it's probably a worthwhile investment because you do have that built in year or two of extra playability yeah. out of it. Uh, so this is a follow-up ba- back to you, Brad. Um, Matt, the tech, uh, would like to know, can, can you ask if, uh, the NVIDIA update includes the HDMI compatible variable refresh rate? Uh, and if so, could you re- re- reiterate if it's going to work on 10 series cards? Uh, I don't know the answer for that. They didn't mention, uh, anything about HDMI when they were doing the briefing. Uh, I didn't see anything picking through the various control panels and through the reviewer's guide. So if that is coming, I don't think it's coming in this driver. But things like that always squeeze in kind of under the radar. They just kind of add as a footnote. So, I mean, the the driver note should be up now. So if you're interested, you should go check that out. I can't tell you the answer right now. Okay. Uh, this is a fun one from the R-List. Uh, I was just given a 1440p monitor and want to get into 1440p gaming. Should I upgrade my graphics card? I'm running a Ryzen 7 1700 and a Sapphire Vega 64. That's a pretty good card. I'd sit on that for now, man. I would sit on it. Uh, he doesn't say if, if it's high refresh bump, rate or not. If you need to bump stuff down to high, bump stuff down to high. The, the thing is with gaming, people don't realize because everyone gets a card and they want to you know, crank everything to 11. Going from high to ultra gives you a huge performance penalty, but it typically like doesn't give you much of a difference to what your eye actually sees. So I would definitely sit on that card. If games feel a little bit slow, maybe drop it down to high, and I think you'll have a lot to love with it. Uh, here's a good one. I actually want to get a latest take on this one, too. Uh-huh. From uh, I'm not going to say the full name, but it's Hunt42. Uh, how long should I keep my 2700 non-X before I should upgrade? How long do you think people should wait to upgrade? I feel like this is a trick question. <laughs> I mean, the take on our show has always been, you know, if it's working for you, 
there's no reason to have to upgrade unless you have a case of the wants and not necessarily you need it. I mean, a 2700 is going to last for a while, depending on how you're using it. If you're happy with it, I don't think you need to upgrade it personally. But they don't say what they're using it for, so it's really hard to. It's a very to make a call. yeah, it's a very open-ended question. But let's add. I might. <laughs> oh, oh, here we go. Andy goes. and Intel need money. They need your money. You not buying their things means <laughs> they don't have the your money. You put the box by you. You buy their stuff. You buy their stuff. They get more money. It helps things. <laughs> It does. Just for ref- for reference, <laughs> not that it makes a difference, but I have uh, 1800X in my system. Before that, I came from a 3570K. So for me personally, it's been about five years that I sit on CPUs. Mm. Yeah, that's, you can, yeah, most CPUs. I mean. For a long time. This is just going to get Gordon started on throwing shade here, but <laughs> because I play on console, I mean, I run my CPUs into the ground because I don't need them for anything more really than office work and the occasional. Sometimes I play with people on PC, but I don't really care about the graphics. So I just, you know, dial it down. Sometimes I even played windowed mode. Ha. I no, I I think <laughs> what you should do is, is get a 2080 Ti. Uh, you, you can't do that. Uh, you get a 2080 Ti so you get the GPU bottleneck. Yeah, and then yeah, just never worry about upgrading your CPU. I, 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 I have no problems with that. Honestly, I you know I'm the one who says 2600K, 2500K even for a lot of people is fine. The, the PC, you got to remember the P, the philosophy of the PC is we don't throw you overboard like other people. He only says this when he's feeling. <laughs> no, I mean, generous. if you do a twenty six hundred K and you're running and you have like an older card, I would say you don't really have to get a new CPU. I'd rather, you know, get a new graphics card. And it's probably going to get you more mileage than going to. Yeah. A well, chip. Gordon, what about this specific question from Destro XT? Uh, they are running a setup on an i five twenty five hundred non-K, uh, and uh, a GTX 1060 6 gigs. Uh, is it is, is the is the, the 2500 holding back the 1066 gig? Should they look to upgrade? Yeah, I I it's a little tough because that's what it's an i5 quad, no no hyperthreading. Mm-hmm. It, it is a little tough. It is gonna it is I would say yeah it's it, it's gonna hurt you, but most games are still gonna run fine. So I would maybe I not Far Cry Five. Maybe not Far Cry Five. But I mean, yeah, you know, actually, and it's sort of like the cheap move to do is pick up a twenty six hundred or twenty six hundred K or twenty seven hundred K on eBay for like thirty five dollars. Just having hyper threading makes a difference sometimes. If thirty dollars gets you another year of of not having the upgrade, that means you can take advantage of what Intel and AMD have next. So that's sometimes the cheap and easy way to go. Oh, you but mean like I, I would? I would go back right back to what Elena just said, actually. And if the games that you're playing aren't running right, upgrade. If they're yeah. running fine, don't yep. upgrade. Wait, if you're sorry. I was thinking of something for a second, and I didn't quite catch everything you said. Did you just suggest upgrading to like an i7, like an Ivy Bridge, or no, no? So the, he's a Sandy 2500K, so i5 2500K quad, no hyper threading. Anything newer means throwing out the motherboard, right? We can go to uh, Ivy Bridge. Yeah, sorry, you could do an Ivy. You, you can do you Ivy. Can do I was just going to say that you you can't get them for thirty bucks though. What like, are they going I, for? It's been about like maybe six months to a year since I, I was really keeping up with um, the hardware swap subreddit. But when I was looking, like I say, like maybe a year ago, it was still going for like ninety bucks for to get an Ivy. Like they they actually retain their value pretty so well. So thirty five seventy k forty three dollars. Yeah, so it's probably come it's come down then. But yeah, I don't That's think it'll be thirty bucks. Forty three dollars is worth yeah. it. 
I yeah. was, I'm not saying it's not worth it. I was just going to say, like, it's a little bit of low ball to save 30 bucks. That's all. Well, that's 30. So, let's go. We, that doesn't really help us. <laughs> I've opened up the rabbit No, but it really doesn't really help you because... He, he makes a good point because if you upgrade to a whole modern thing at this point, you have to upgrade the motherboard and the RAM and all kinds mm-hmm. of other stuff. That's part of the reason mm-hmm. I put off upgrading for so long mm-hmm. because it's not just one thing. If you can go from the quad-core, quad-thread 2500 k to uh, 3770K for 40 bucks, I would be all over that. Especially if you can overclock it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well... But the only problem with that is, yeah, that, what's the point of going from a 2500K to an i5? Because you're not getting any more. You're not getting yeah, hyper-threading. So 3770K, yeah, this sucks. Although this dude's got one for 62 bucks. Yeah, but the rest of the listings are for like 100 The rest of them are for 100 Sometimes you luck out. You luck 76 If you can get a good price on an i7 Ivy Bridge, it's not, it's not bad. But I don't know if it's worth rolling ninety dollars for just the risk. But if we're like thirty dollars to forty bucks, yeah, it's different. I can't believe they sell for a hundred dollars. They've held their yeah. value really well, and I think it's because so many people still have Sandy Bridge parts that have just been running like champs, and they don't want to spend a whole bunch for a brand new outlay. Like Brad was just saying with motherboard, RAM, and new CPU, that they are like, okay, well, I've got a Sandy Bridge part. I can go up to Ivy Bridge. So people with ivy ridge are like all right cool market will bear a hundred dollars i'll get a hundred bucks and then shave that off of like my actual upgrade uh and 2600 k's would you would get you hyper threading so at least gets you a little bit maybe 50 to 60 ish is that worth it i that I mean, depends one. how much you really like going Do it. <laughs> dealing with uh removing the stock cooler if you're running a stock cooler Whew. yeah true probably. i mean Ugh. if you upgrade your whole system one is a good reason there's so many more modern interfaces and stuff. It's worth it, in my opinion, for that alone. But if you're just looking for pure gaming performance, I mean, going to that hyper thirty will make a big difference. And the fifty or sixty bucks, I mean, you're not going to get just the motherboard for that if you throw out your whole system. Like, if you throw out a whole system and buy it, build a new system, that's half the cost of just the motherboard. Right. So, yeah. Then you end up motherboard, RAM, everything. Yeah. Yeah. But right. if your games are running fine, just keep playing them. Yeah. True. Uh, a couple more, uh, and then we'll head out. Uh, this one is for Elena uh, to follow Me up again. Yeah, uh, Elena uh, from this from Trick or Treat AZ. Elena, why does somebody with your tech connections run a modest personal PC? Oh, I'm just cheap. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't get free stuff despite whatever. No, does. like I, I get because the thing is, is that one of the perks of this job is that I get to build new PCs for work using the most modern hardware, and I get to benchmark, I get to use it, and that's really great. But then I go home and I have I have two systems that I use a lot, which is one's a twenty five hundred K system, another one's a Devil can, Devil's Canyon system, and for my purposes, they work fine. So got it. That's why it's a. Uh, People think that we get all this free hand-me-down stuff. That's that's all work equipment. That's not ours. The yeah. reason I just upgraded last year after five years is because it took me five years to justify being able to spend my own money to upgrade my PC. Joe's Canyon is a really good part. So that's <laughs> come on. Wow, that's... he's being so supportive today. No, it is. I mean, <laughs> yes. I look. I yeah. If you're chasing the performance bleeding edge, yes, that's the advice. Is this? But a lot of people again. Yeah. I mean, you could That's argue that if I was, though. like, super into tech, I should be, you know, laying down my cash for the the best and the greatest stuff so I can say that I'm using it all the time at home. And there's some merit in that argument. There's just that for me with everyone's got a budget and mine is I've prioritized other things, unfortunately, because it's limited resources. 
True. Not unfortunately. Yeah. Just just what it is. <laughs> well, it'd be nice if I was a millionaire, right? So like, I should just be like, woo, cash everywhere. All right. This uh, last question is from me to all of you and also to all of you out there uh, in the chat. Uh, it is Halloween, and I love, my wife and I, Lindsay, love scary movies. Yes. Like, we watch scary movies way too much, but like, it's hard to get that that good scary movie again so like i want to hear each of each one of you's like a uh, scariest movie of all time uh and then please put some in the chat because I, I i need something to watch i need to get scared i love scares i hate gores so i actually don't watch very many modern scary movies mm-hmm. but for me personally the one that always kind of just gave me the creepiest more than anything was uh blair witch although the ring is pretty close Mm. Or you should just weren't motion sick from the end. <laughs> uh, I would say watching Night of the Living Dead in black and white as an eight-year-old. Oh, so you want yeah. to do that? Wow. that you want to scare the crap oh, out of yourself? Wow. Do that. Dang. I had I had a Chucky doll, right? You know they are based on actual dolls, Good Boy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I had one of those Good Boy dolls. Good, good guy dolls. Evil, I actually also had an evil stepmother, and she used to mess with me. By wow. after I watched Chucky, I got freaked out by that thing and threw it out. And she would take it out of the trash and put it in the corner of my room every night for like a week. Oh, so I'd wake horrible. up every day. So anyway, I changed my answer. I no longer watch Child's Play. I don't watch that. M e s i d g in YouTube chat says the Verge build guide. Very very scary. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh. one. Yeah, Elena. Scariest movie of all time. E.T. E.T. What the okay. hell? Come on. That is like, that's just twisted. I was four years old when I first saw it. Like someone like maybe watch it. I don't know why they think they thought that. It's like, oh, she's young. Like, this is a cute thing. She'll enjoy it. Drew Barrymore? Oh, Come man. I, she was like I, your age. I didn't know that you could just leave at that age. Like, I was so well or trained by my parents that... that I didn't, the, the thought of running away didn't occur to me. So the whole time I just was like this, but like, <laughs> I was just like, well, I, I can't, I can't leave. So I have to stop this visual input somehow. <laughs> Wait, you mean like if they told you to sit, you would not go anywhere? Is that what I she was, was a well-behaved I was, child. Apparently in that case, I was too also frightened to apparently depart. <laughs> You loved it. Come on, it's E.T. No, I don't even know what happens in that movie because it freaked me out so much. <laughs> wow. All right. Screaming and flashlights. That's yeah. all I remember. Scary movies. <laughs> Love it. Uh, and, and thank you for all the re- recommendations in the chat. Uh, p- please uh, hit me up on Discord, too, with some of these. Uh, some of these I actually haven't heard of. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of good ones. Uh, all right, Gordon, let's take us out. All right, check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on The Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and also please leave a review. Every time you do, someone continues to use their Core i5-2500K for gaming. <laughs> Send questions and comments to thefullnerd.pcworld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Young with Brad Charkas. Adios. Elaine Yee. Bye, everyone. Willis. <laughs> Still no microphone. No, and no Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the off button. Uh, he's in the doghouse. Uh, go watch a scary movie, or maybe two. Scare yourself silly. <laughs>